Amen. It's good to worship with you. It's fun to be worshiping and to be looking forward to reading God's Word with everybody here. It's good stuff, and it's a good excuse for us to do the best of everybody, right? There's some things that I think we adults feel guilty about doing that help you remember God's Word, and I think my kids are going to be really good at. So I'm, I'm excited today. Uh, first off, if, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Matthew 6. So uh, that might be a good thing to warm up. Now, if you are just warm it, uh, joining us, I want to sort of tell you where we're at. We're in something called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so Jesus is teaching. This is sort of the opening teaching of the entire New Testament. Jesus teaches. It's called the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus is on a mountainside teaching to crowds, okay? And uh, you know, of course, there, we've been talking about amazing stuff all the way through because Jesus is proclaiming the truth, but just sort of a quick summary of where we've been. Jesus talks about God as our Father in heaven. And if you were going to sort of summarize uh, where we've been, he, I think he'd say, oh, if you could just treasure God as your Father in heaven. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have this up here so you can sort of see it at the same time as I'm saying it. Uh, second, man, it would be great if you could trust that God's ways are wonderful. Somehow it's so easy to think, oh, maybe God's holding out on you. He's not. He's a good father. He's generous. And finally, Jesus is saying, do you, do you want your life to be blessed? Do you want to flourish? The way you, you flourish is by following wholeheartedly. By giving yourself over to God's good ways. Okay? So we're going to be in Matthew 6, 19. But we need to make this memorable, so we're going to play a game first. Okay? It's called Pick a Can. Here are my cans, and I need a volunteer. Oh, I see a hand there. Uh, remind me your name. Come on down. Come on down. Yeah. Tell me your name again. Is it Damien? Hayden, how could I have forgotten that? Okay, so here's two cans. You want to look inside? Okay, so we're going to have the cans here, Hayden. Turn around, face the audience, and tell them which can do you pick. Um, this one. Good pick, yeah? Little round of applause, yeah? <laughs> Woo! Hayden, um, this is going to get a little more complicated, though, okay? You, you picked this. Now, you can change your mind at any time. Hayden, which can do you pick now? Um, this one. Oh, Hayden has chosen the can. Hayden, why did you choose that can? Because um, it has money in it. Hmm. Good job, Hayden. You can take that and head back to your seat. Well done. Let's have a round of applause for Hayden. Yeah. This is not complicated. <laughs> right? Now, we're going to do something called a key verse. This is an amazing thing that somehow we forgot when we got high school diplomas and college degrees. You know, if you want to remember something, the number one brain rule the neuroscientists say, repeat to remember. And yet the kids do it, and sometimes we don't. So we're going to have a, a memory verse today. Oh, yeah. You're going to say it out loud. Say it loud. Say it proud. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, kids, you get to do this every week, and sometimes parents don't. So 
you might have to run them through this a couple of times. We'll say it again. And if, you, if your parents are having trouble, you just help them out, okay? Be patient with them. Yeah. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the reality. And it's not a trick, right? Where the treasure is, that's what you want. That's what you think about. That's what you gravitate to. And yet, often we treat it like that's not the reality. That's not the reality. Now, there's something really important that you want to do in Scripture. Memory verses are so important. I love hiding the Word of God in my heart. But it's important to understand Jesus' words in light of sort of what he was saying around this verse. So what's going to happen is the verses before this are going to light up there too. And the way that we study Scripture is we want to understand this key truth of what Jesus is saying in light of the other words he's saying. Okay, so I'm going to read for us, starting in Matthew 6, verse 19. Jesus is saying this to the crowds of people that he loves, that he wants to flourish. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what Jesus is saying is really, really pretty straightforward. He's saying, look, you're going to be spending yourself on something. This, when he talks about storing up treasure, this is talking about money. But it's also talking about your energy, about your time, about your focus, okay? Um, and those of you who've been with us over the past weeks, you, you remember this theme that Jesus is talking about, about, and your father who sees what is done in secret will, re will reward you. The idea is we are, we are looking for a reward. We are looking for return on all of, this, all of this money, all of this energy, all of this focus that we're pouring into life. And the question is, where are you going to store that up? Well... You know, Hayden ch changed his choice, right? And Hayden, these looked pretty much identical, didn't they? I mean, these two red pails, didn't they look pretty identical? Yeah, I pretty much think they were. What if one of the choices was actually faulty, actually had like a faulty bottom in it? And I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make no sense at all to store your treasure in that one? And that's what Jesus is saying. There are two options here. When push comes to shove, there are two choices. And he calls them storing up for yourselves treasures on earth and storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So treasures on earth, those are things that are seen. Those are things that are here. But I think those words are really important. Store up for yourself, okay? I don't think Jesus is opposed to you having clothes, having a bank account, having a house. But the question is, what's your purpose? Is it to store things for yourself? And the weird thing is, I don't know if this is truer when you're six and you're collecting comic books, or when you're 55 and you're collecting you know, uh, different, I don't know, hunting rifles or different uh, duck decoys, 
or whether it's when you're 65 and you're trying to, you're trying to get this cool vacation or this cool thing. The question is, are you storing up for yourselves? Is your focus yourself? And is your focus on things here? So often, I think, when we're storing up our treasure, realistically, we're thinking about what will make me important? What will make me feel secure? What will let me have fun? That's about me. And that's what Jesus is warning us against. Can you see, he says, where moth and rust destroy. Well, yeah, I mean, the bucket's going to wear out, right? Uh, the, the new clothes, you know, they're going to get holes in them, whether, whether it's moths or just age or just the fashion changes in 2018. It doesn't matter. Jesus' point is they're temporary. They're things that are, that are wasting away and that you can't keep with you. Well, so what's the alternative? Can you see he says, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Remember, Jesus is saying over and again, remember your Father in heaven. So when you're storing up treasure in heaven, he's really saying store up treasure with your Father. Store up things that are unseen. What should you be pouring yourself into? What could you be pouring yourself into? And I think we can't say it enough. The Sermon on the Mount was not meant to be a beatdown. Jesus isn't saying, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, or God will be mad, right? We, a couple of weeks ago, we had this verse. Jesus was saying, God gives his reign to the evil and the good. You know, he makes his sun rise on the righteous and the unrighteous, right? God's going to be generous regardless. This is for your good. This is for your good that you would store up. Wouldn't it be crazy to put your money in a pail where the bottom fell out? This is what it looks like to me. Um, at the end of Matthew, Jesus again talks, talks about the time that he will come a second time. And he says that he will say to his own, come you who are blessed by my father. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. That's storing up treasures in heaven. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. These are the things that matter to our father. He cares about his creation. He cares about his people. I was in need of clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. This is what it looks like to store up treasure in heaven. And the thing is, this isn't just about those things being so good. Even though they are, this is good things. Your heart, in fact, you know, the, the most advanced sociologist studying happiness, turns out that buying a car for yourself actually makes you less happy in the long run. Why? What does a brand new car do after you get it off the lot? Gets old. It can't help it, <laughs> right? That's what cars do. Turns out that the sociologist, secular sociologist studying this says the way to buy happiness if, or to spend your money to make yourself happiness is actually to give. Who knew? You know, Jesus is telling you this is good. But he's telling you something even more powerful in this final verse. He's saying, and where you're investing yourself, your heart is actually going to follow 
So do you have trouble caring about the things God cares about? Invest your heart there, and you'll be surprised how, sorry, invest your money there, invest your time there, and you'll be surprised how your focus moves to that. Um, I've got two pictures, just because I think pictures are memorable, and I want to emphasize this isn't just about money. It's about all of ourselves being poured in. This first one, that may be happening even now over in the kids' building. I think we've only got first grade plus here. Um, that's Miss Jenny leading the kids in worship. I mean, can you see that those people's lives are invested they, they invested that hour rather than to be over here and have a chance at winning a pail full of change, right? They're over there pouring into helping kids worship God. But that's not all that's happening in this picture. Um, if, if you have invested financially in Grace Bible Church, this is, that, that projector, that sound system is something that is new this semester. Um, and, and so you can see sort of our financial resources going into the same thing that our time would go into. And then, then, of course, there's James Daly, who actually installed that system. You know, and there's all of these pieces that fit together. Well, if you had a stake in that, if you had a stake in that, that would be a bigger deal. It's just natural. It's the way our hearts work. The second picture is a mission knack. Um, yeah, and here's the thing. They're invested. Does it cost money to re-roof a building? Sure. Mission NAC, in case you don't know, uh, a bunch of churches get together in Nacogdoches and uh, invest in helping uh, redo homes of people who are in need of new roofs, widows, um, elderly couples, couples with handicaps. And so you can see they're pouring their time in. And also, there's treasure being poured in there. The point is that the, not that the roof will last. The point is that your father, who is unseen, remembers. He cares. And not only that, but your heart will follow where your treasure is. Okay, Jesus doesn't stop there, though. Uh, if, you, if you continue on in Matthew, 16, at Matthew 6, you can see... Uh, that Jesus goes farther. He doesn't just ask, where are you investing? He says this, the eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So I, I really think a picture is in order here. Jesus has been talking about our inner life. And he's saying, this is not a checklist that you can check off. God is concerned with your heart. And the eye serves as a really important thing, both physically and figuratively. Okay? Where your focus is, where your focus is, that tends to be what you're filled with. Right? If you're constantly looking at magazines that say, man, my, my makeup should look this way, that's, that's what your inner life is going to be filled with. And so I think this picture is apt. There's going to be this picture of the eye, and there's your inner life, and there's the outer world. And you can sort of see you're choosing what to let in, what to let shine light on the inner world. 
inside you. You know, uh, you're choosing what to, what to spend that focus on. And if that light is good, Jesus says your whole body will be full of light. You know, Paul in Philippians 3 says this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. What if that's what we chose to focus on? What if that's what we chose to fix our eyes on? Well, Jesus is saying the result's pretty simple. That's going to be what flows into you. I've got to say, there are many good things to think about. I was praising God for the sunrise this morning. But there is one thing more lovely, more admirable, more excellent and praiseworthy than anything else. And that is your Father in heaven. That just thinking about him is probably the most excellent and praiseworthy. The most uplifting thing. The best thing. That's the treasure that will never, never be destroyed. But then Jesus has this warning at the end. He says, if then the light within you is darkness, if then what you think is good, what you call good is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? Let's imagine you're watching filth on television and you convince yourself that it is good. You convince yourself that you aren't filling yourself with trash when you are. How deep is that darkness? Jesus would say, I want you to be focused on what is good. I want you to experience life. I want you to experience good things. I want you to set yourself up for a win. Okay, I think we have um, the key verse up here again because I think it comes back. It's that same point. And because I want you to say it again because, remember, the breast neuroscience out there says you repeat to remember, right? Okay, so... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the reality. This is the way your body works, whether you like it or not. And Jesus is saying, just be aware of it. Okay, so we're about ready to jump into the final section of Scripture. But before that, I just feel like we need another game. Have you ever seen anybody kick the bucket up here? <laughs> Woo! Okay, we need another game. I'm going to need four volunteers, and my lovely wife, Meredith, will be my assistant. Okay, I see one volunteer here. How about a volunteer from back here? Woohoo! I see a volunteer here. Oh, 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 Emma, there we go. Come on down. Oh, Ethan, we need five. Yeah, come on, five. Okay, this is going to be a game called double. Oh, six. Six. Yeah, we need six. This is a game called Double Simon Says. If you guys will just stand up here between me and Meredith. Okay, so first off, um, this is a for free thing because I'll teach you how to play Simon Says on the side, just in case you haven't before. Okay, stretch out there. You might leave just a little bit of space. Excellent, excellent. Okay, the way Simon Says works is if I say Simon Says touch your nose, you're supposed to touch your nose. Yeah? And if I say touch your ear, you're not actually supposed to touch your ear because I didn't say Simon Says. Everybody know how that works? Okay, but this is double Simon Says because I'm going to be giving you instructions and Meredith. So, so let's just practice. Give them an instruction, my lovely wife. 
Okay, Simon says, touch the ground. Simon says, touch your left here. Simon says, stand on your right leg. Simon says, don't jump up now. Simon says, Simon says, turn around. Simon says, turn around. Simon says, keep turning around. Simon says, turn it. Stop turning around. Keep turning around. Simon says, jump up and down. Simon says, jump up and down. Simon says, Simon says, keep jumping up and down. Oh, okay, let's have a wild round of applause for our audience. High five. Yeah, good work. Okay, so again, this is to make an important point. You can, you can head back to your seat now. Uh, this is to make an important point memorable. Anybody know where we're going with this? Anybody read that next verse? No one can serve two masters. Huh? No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's hard to play Simon Says. It's impossible to play double Simon Says if the leaders are telling you different things. Um, I should have given them some instructions so they would, they would learn to hate me rather than you. Simon Says, climb on the top of the building and slide down the... No. <laughs> I'm not liable for that. My wife said Simon Says not to. Right? So, here's the point. I think oftentimes we somehow complicate things that Jesus says that are very clear. You can't serve two masters. You can't pursue two things. You can't give your heart to two things at the same time. If you try you will end up hating one of them secretly. Money promises, it promises importance. It promises security. It promises pleasure. But at the end, long term, it delivers none of those. Money, or some translations translate this wealth. Um, uh, in the King James, it says mammon. It's this idea of all of those material things you could put your hope in. It makes a lousy master. And yet somehow, when I look at my own life, I have seen time and time again where it's sort of like, I want to be devoted to God, but I'm just so tempted. I'm just so tempted to say, I'm going to be devoted to God, but if I could just have this new... Yeah, then, then that would be really kind of great if I could just do both. I want to be devoted to God, but I really like, you know, I like having a fat bank account. I mean, I'm not being facetious. This is, this is very attractive to me. I don't know what it is about storing up for myself, so, storing up for myself treasure. And this is a weird thing. It comes to us very young. And I have a video to emphasize that of my lovely daughter, Amelia. Can you tell me again what you want? I need paper money. She's figured out paper money is better than coins. You want it in your purse? 
Can we draw it? Can we she draw wants it for a wallet. paper to make money? No. No? You do want to draw paper money? No. I want to grab paper money. I want to grab paper money! And yet if you had a video of my heart, I'm afraid you could see that clip in my heart at times. I don't know why money promises this allure. Why the heck does my daughter want money in her wallet? She's never bought anything. <laughs> but money has this allure. It has this allure. It has this promise that is a lie. That is a lie. And so I just want to close with this illustration. In your bulletin, there are two treasure chests, okay? Jesus is saying, you're going to fill your treasure chest with something. And on the treasure chest on the left, I want you to write, God is my Father. Jesus wants you to treasure that God is our Father in heaven. And Jesus wants you to know his kingdom is wonderful. The things that he does, our God, our Father, is king, right? And he's doing beautiful things, and that makes the right treasure chest, the treasure chest of hope, okay? So that goes over there on the left, and then the treasure chest on the right, I want you to fill in for yourself. What would you be tempted to treasure? What is competing right here? The right answer isn't the same maybe for me as you. What is it that would promise, you know, I make a pretty good master? Do you realize that it's competing for that spot with the God of the universe? And do you realize that decision is important? And you need to make that decision emphatically. You need to make that decision emphatically because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This isn't just a casual decision. Well, you know, I like, I like saving up toys. You know, whether you're 8 or 80, if toys are where your hope is, that's a problem. And it's a problem because of this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, I want, I just kind of like getting my own way. That's a problem if you're 10 or 35. If, if your God is getting your own way, I, I really, personally, if I were going to put one there, it's I like people thinking well of me. I kind of like people, that's a problem. I can't serve that and the God of the universe at the same time. And I know that's an issue at recess, in the college classroom, and when you're 85. You can't serve those things and the God of the universe. You can't sort of tell yourself, oh, it doesn't matter, because when you put your heart there, when you put your treasure there, your heart follows. So, I think the Lord was really kind in giving us a scripture like this, because it's a really timeless message. 
And I want to close by saying together our memory verse. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you. You're such a good teacher. You tell us the truth. You tell us that you love us, that you died for us, and that you want us to have full life. I pray that we would take you seriously and that we would take the steps in our own life to embrace what is true, to embrace what is noble, to embrace you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.